Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I am chatting with Danielle Sonnier. I'm so excited. Thank you for being here, and I'm excited to learn about your story. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Yay. Why don't you start by giving us just a little background about you and your family right now? Okay, so... Me and my husband kind of always knew we wanted to foster. We definitely thought it'd be way later later in life because we wanted to really foster the older kids. But then, you know, like, even though you're not supposed to do this, like most do, you know, after you kind of have some struggles with fertility, we jumped in a little quicker than we thought. So we actually went to our orientation and was like, nope, we're going to do TPR only. And we're not, you know, we're not going to deal with this. We went into the orientation, the leader who ended up being our home development worker basically changed our mind. We got out, we both looked at each other and we're like, if we're going to do it, we're in it. And so we went through the training and by the time we got done, there was probably about three months from uh, when we finished all of our stuff to when we got the call. And I will never forget, we got the call and it was like, hey, you're certified. Oh, and by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Yep. So we ended up taking on our first placement. That was July 10th of 2019, which is hard to believe. And we were pretty set on, we were just going to take one. Um, He was five and we were like, you know, that's enough. Went to our 72 hour hearing and kind of was looking at our paperwork. Well, one of, he was a sibling group and one of the siblings only had a temporary placement. So we were like, well, you know, let's do it. And it took a little convincing, but but we did it. And they actually, I mean, there's a lot in our story that God played a huge part because they're the only that were full blood out of the uh, sibling group. And it, it just was wild how it happened, but yep. So, and then we had them for two years. They actually just left us this past July. Wow. So what was that like for you having them for so long? I mean, I feel like that's one thing that a lot of foster moms or prospective foster moms kind of get nervous about. We know the goal of foster care is reunification, but it's still in in our hearts. It's like, we're caring for these kids every single day. So how did you deal with that at the end of two years? So I, I'm going to be honest. I thought that I had my moments, but I thought that I was good. I was like, you know, it's a good thing. They weren't, ours was kind of a weird reunification because they went back to their dad who lives in another state. Um, So they weren't necessarily going back to the, to why they were taken. And we were pretty close with their dad. And I mean, to this day, I mean, we still talk to them and they're still going to come visit. So it was definitely kind of a weird thing, but I'll, you know, my husband wears his heart on his sleeve and it, it was definitely, you could see, I was like, look, I want to be there for you. 
but I'm just not in the same place that you are. I need you to go to counseling just at least like once a month. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't know you, I know you need somebody, but I cannot be that person. I was like, I've just talked about it so much. I think I'm good. Well, we took two weeks off uh, <laughs> and I was like, come on, like, let's get back on the list. Their TPR date, uh, we went to that court for the other siblings. And, and so, I mean, that happened on a Tuesday and the Thursday we got a call for another placement. And I was like, I was like, let's do it. Well, <laughs> I would not change it. I mean, um, he wasn't with us long, our next placement. He just left this past week. But I mean, I had a moment that I was like, I can't, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I did not take enough time. You know, I thought I was good. And he was very close to the age that the boys were when they left. And so my husband was very, you know, helpful with our second placement. He did. I mean, he did so much where I just couldn't connect. I couldn't feel that. And I was having a hard time. And I mean, I just had to be real with myself that, look, it's okay to take more time. Because I felt like I need to be there for these kids. People, I mean, there's not enough, you know, people. I don't want anybody to end up in a group home. You know, you start feeling that guilt. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I think was the most maybe humbling is what I want to say is just to have that moment of like, okay, you made a mistake and it's okay now you know so like now we're like okay we're gonna take a little bit more time let's just process these feelings you know because where I thought I was good I wasn't yes and it's so I thank you so much for being honest and vulnerable about that because I think it's something that I hear a lot from foster moms that like you know that guilt around I'm not connecting or I'm still feeling sad about the kids who aren't here anymore or I'm just having trouble getting back to my day to day. And there's so much wrapped up in the experience of having, you know, such love in our hearts and such care for these children and then having them leave our home. It's like, you know, it's of course going to be difficult. And I think some people do jump right back in and they're like, yes, this is the right thing. And then some people, you know, decide no, not to do that. But I love that you were being so reflective and intentional about how, okay, this is how it was for us. And then next time we would do something a little bit different. Yeah, it's definitely ever evolving. And I mean, even when we got into it, you know, you see all these stories and you like read all these, especially with social media. Now you see all these like happy stories. It's like, once you get into it, I'm like, you know, I used to think, why, why are not more people doing this? Like everybody can do this. Oh no. (laughs) You know, I definitely had to realize real quick, you know, I still think this is like our calling. We're meant to do this, but you know, I had a friend that was going through it and she's like, listen to you. I, I know I cannot because mm-hmm. it is definitely not for the faint of heart, you know, but there are so many other ways that people can help. And that's been something that's been good to advocate for, you know, but yeah, it's ever changing. And so you have to, you have to reflect constantly. Yeah, it's so true. And I'm so glad that you said that it really is, you know, like you said, not for the faint of heart. And it's like, and I, and I do think there's that distinction. And I've had, you know, a few other people, guests on the podcast, be able to say that, you know, look, it's not for everybody. We totally aren't trying to like out here and crusade and make every single person become a foster family. That's not the goal, but it's important for us to talk about the difficult emotional stuff that happens in foster care, because I think that really helps people see the full picture so that 
less people end up like disrupting a placement or, you know, having some sort of expectation and then their experience is completely different. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and we're very lucky because me and my husband have a very supportive family and um, I think we get our big hearts definitely from them. And I mean, it proved it because even with the boys that we had uh, for our first placement, they didn't, ha- you know, they didn't have to jump in and they didn't ask for it. And that's what I, you know, at the end, whenever we kind of all were going through our grieving, that was one thing I was like, I felt so bad because nobody else except for us asked for this in our family, you know, and you, you think, okay, I can deal with it. One of the things that we said was our hearts, we can fix those. We need to do this for the kids. We didn't think about anybody else. <laughs> and so that was definitely also a thing is like, you have to realize other people are now going to be grieving as well. But I mean, we're, we're very fortunate and I know not everybody is like that, but that has helped us tremendously to, to kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good reminder that it is, we come into this, we take the classes and we do all the steps to become foster parents. And we're like, yep, we're doing this. We feel called to this. And then, you know, thankfully, but also just with all that comes with it, we do bring our our loved ones and extended family into this environment, into this difficult situation with us. And I know uh, I had my mom on the podcast a few weeks ago and she was sharing that she just was like, It is very difficult as a grandmother because they're here with us on vacation. They're here with us at family holidays. They're our family. And to think about them maybe not being in a safe situation at some point down the future or, you know, something like that, or things maybe not working out for the best for them. It's like, oh gosh, it's hard for everyone. It's been very difficult for all of my extended family as well. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think has been the best thing to hear is my mom keeps saying, but now because we put it, we put it all out there, they know what a family is and they know what to expect and what unconditional love is because what they came from before was very conditional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so without that, they wouldn't know that, you know, and it's everybody's purpose. But yeah, that's that's definitely been one of the biggest things, especially towards the end when they were about to leave. Is not, I mean, not only yourself, but realizing everybody else that's going through stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So how have you now having another another child in your care since then, how have you decided, okay, these are some ways that I'm going to care for myself. These are some ways I'm going to process. Here's what's going to be important for me to set up for myself and for our marriage so that we can kind of deal with all these feelings. So definitely the open communication between me and my husband and realizing that we each need somebody, but we may not be that person for each other. And, you know, and that kind of sounds weird, right? Because when you're married, you're supposed to be that. And we are in most ways, but with this, we have to take a step back because we are just processing so differently. But just like whenever I kind of had my realization that, okay, I'm not okay. As I thought, you know, my husband had to say, okay, now you need to go to counseling. Just like you had this conversation with me, you know, and that's okay. And just to have somebody to talk to. And we also, you know, like I said, 
are going to be more aware, I think, of how much time we take. And it's hard for me because I can say, okay, I'm not going to go all in 100% because of what happened last time. But you, you have to. I mean, you know, and even with once I finally did start clicking with our second placement, it was like, okay, this is okay. But you have to, I mean, like I said in the beginning, you have to reflect constantly because things are forever changing. And one of the things that helped us in, with our first placement was get, kind of getting that relationship with the parent. I had a harder time with the, you know, with the parent that was, they were coming from, but I had other foster parents to talk to and say, okay, how, how are you so okay with this? Because I think that that in the long run helps your, your mental well-being. If, okay, if they do go home, you know, you know, you're trying to have that communication so you can at least know they're okay. But yeah, no, definitely the counseling is like number one and just the communication of like, hey, if we're not okay, we need to talk and it's okay. And it's okay to say no. And that is hard for me. <laughs> I want to say yes to everyone. I mean, there was a, for a while that my husband had was getting all the phone calls. And I'm like, if I would have gotten them, I probably would have 20 kids in my house. Because I mean, even when we first, when we got our first call, that was our first placement. And we said uh, one kid and I'm like, Five. They have a sibling set of five. Let's just take them all. And my husband was like, no. <laughs> yeah, that is not happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, though. I'm so really thankful that you're sharing about, you know, counseling and just like boundaries and being able to say no, because I think I, I really do think it's a common struggle for many of us foster moms. That's like, is it okay to have these mixed feelings? Is it okay to feel like both sad that they're leaving and happy that they get to be with a bio family member. It's like this world we live in is ever increasingly becoming very black and white and very like this or that. And I just think that there's just no space for that in foster care. There is only space for the both. And, and the gray area is where like we always are living as foster parents. So to hear you say, counseling is important and boundaries and allowing and accepting our feelings and normalizing communicating is just such a breath of fresh air. And I'm so thankful that you have been able to share that here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it has to be, um, we kind of have to get off that stigma of like, it's a bad thing, you know, to talk about your feelings and it's, it's okay to, you know, I was listening actually to one of your prior episodes this morning on the way to school. And it was one of the things was like, it's okay for it to not be always so good. And it's okay that it's not this, you know, ray of sunshine 24 seven. That's just the reality of it. It's not always happy. It's all, you know, there are struggles. It's about pushing forward past these struggles. Yeah. That is so important. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, it is. It's not about avoiding struggles or avoiding discomfort or avoiding our feelings. It's about, like you said, being willing to sit with them, even when feelings are difficult or they feel confronting to us to be able to say, all right, 
here's what's I, here's what's in front of me. What do I have to do to face this and deal with it head on? So I really appreciate you saying that. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I just love your heart and your honesty and your vulnerability. And I would love for people to be able to connect with you online. So where can they find you? Well, I mean, I'm on Facebook under Danielle Sonia. You'll see I'm from Louisiana. Don't think there's too many of us down here. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Well, yes. I'm, I mean, I'm always, I'm always loving to connect and I'll tell you what, connecting with other foster parents, that is a huge help. If it wouldn't have been for me having some other foster mamas from the sibling set, I don't know if I would have made it and there find somebody because they're, no one knows what you're going through unless they're actually going through it. And I mean, people can tell you all day, but you need that extra help. So true. Just the extra emotional support from someone that you don't have to explain everything to. They kind of already get it. It's just really different and it feels a lot more supportive. Definitely. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate you and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you.